0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, reading today from The Private Key to Heaven by Thomas Brooks, the English nonconformist preacher and writer who died in 1680. This uh, broadcast is coming to you from the Fellowship Hall of the Brinford Bible Church, not from the normal place i speak from if the voice sounds a little different today and you hear a furnace coming on and off in the background deal with that will you <laughs> number 4 in his book the confidentiality of private prayer fourthly consider that in secret we may more freely and fully and safely unbosom our souls to god than we can in the presence of many or few Hence, the husband is to mourn apart and the wife apart in Zechariah 12, not only to show the soundness of their sorrow, but also to show their sincerity by their secrecy. They must mourn apart that their sins may not be disclosed nor discovered one to another. Here they are severed to show that they wept not for company's sake, but for their own particular sins by which they had pierced and crucified the Lord of glory." In secret, a Christian may descend into such particulars as in public or before others. He will not, he may not, he ought not to mention. Ah, how many Christians are there who would blush and be ashamed to walk in the streets and to converse with sinners or saints should but those infirmities, enormities, and wickednesses be written in their foreheads or known to others, which they freely and fully lay open to God in secret. There are many sins which many men have fallen into before conversion and since conversion, which, should they be known to the world, would make themselves to stink and religion to stink and their profession to stink in the nostrils of all that know them. Yea, should those weaknesses and wickednesses be published upon the housetops which many are guilty of before grace received or since grace received, How would weak Christians be staggered, young comers on in the ways of God discouraged, and many mouths of blasphemy opened, and many sinners' hearts hardened against the Lord, his ways, reproofs, and the things of their own peace? Yea, how would Satan's banner be displayed, and his kingdom strengthened, and himself infinitely pleased and delighted? It is an infinite mercy and condescension in God to lay a law of restraint upon Satan. Who else would be the greatest blab in all the world? It would be mirth and music to him to be still allaying open the follies and weaknesses of the saints. Ambrose, the bishop and defender of Christ's deity, brings in the devil boasting against Christ and challenging Judas as his own. He is not thine, Lord Jesus, he is mine. His thoughts beat for me. He eats with thee, but is fed by me. He takes bread from thee, but money from me. He drinks with thee and sells thy blood to me. There is not a sin that a saint commits, but Satan would trumpet it out to all the world if God would but give him leave. No man that is in his right wits will lay open to everyone His bodily infirmities, weaknesses, diseases, ailments, griefs, but to some near relation or bosom friend or able physician. And so no man that is in his right wits will lay open to everyone his soul infirmities, weaknesses, diseases, ailments and griefs, but to the Lord or to some particular person that is wise, faithful and able to contribute something to his soul's relief. Should a Christian but lay open or rip up all his follies and vanities to the world, how sadly would some deride him and scorn him, and how severely and bitterly would others censure him and judge him. When David was alone in the cave, then he poured out his complaint to God and showed before him his trouble. And when Job was all alone, then his eyes poured out tears to God. There is no hazard, no danger in ripping up of all before God in a corner, but there may be a great deal of hazard and danger in ripping up of all before man. Number five, open rewards. Fifthly, secret duties shall have open rewards. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly, Jesus said. God will reward his people here in part and hereafter in all perfection. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him in a corner. They that sow in tears secretly shall reap in joy openly. Private prayer shall be rewarded before men and angels publicly. How openly did God reward Daniel for his secret prayer? Mordecai privately discovered a plot of treason against the person of King Ahasuerus, and he is rewarded openly. Darius, before he came to the kingdom, received privately a garment for a gift of one Siloson. And when he came to be a king, he rewarded him openly with the command of his country, Samos. God in the great day will recompense his people before all the world for every secret prayer and secret tear and secret sigh and secret groan that hath come from his people. God in the great day will declare to men and angels how often his people have been in pouring out their souls before him in such and such holes or corners and secret places. And accordingly, he will reward them. Ah, Christians... Did you really believe this and seriously dwell on this? You would walk more thankfully, work more cheerfully, suffer more patiently, fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil more courageously, lay out yourselves for God his interest and glory more freely, live with that providence hath cut out for your portion more quietly and contentedly, and you would be in private prayer more frequently, more abundantly. Number six, God's special visitations. Sixthly, consider that God hath usually led out himself most to his people when they have been in secret, when they have been alone at the throne of grace. Oh, the sweet meltings, the heavenly warnings, warmings, the blessed cheerings, the glorious manifestations, and the choice communion with God that Christians have found when they have been alone with God in a corner, in a closet, behind the door. When had Daniel that vision and comfortable message, that blessed news by the angel that he was greatly beloved, but when he was all alone at prayer? It says, And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me, and he talked with me, and he said, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. While Daniel was at private prayer, God, by the angel Gabriel, reveals to him the secret of his counsel concerning the restoration of Jerusalem and the duration thereof, even to the Messiah. And while Daniel was at private prayer, the Lord appears to him and in an extraordinary way assures him that he was a man greatly beloved, or as the Hebrew Kumudorf hath it, a man of desires. That is, a man whom God's desires are towards, a man singularly beloved of God and highly in favor with God, a man that is very pleasing and delightful to God. God loves to lay the wings of private prayer with the sweetest, choicest, and chiefest blessings. Ah, how often has God kissed a poor Christian at the beginning of private prayer and spoken peace to him in the midst of private prayer and filled him with light and joy and assurance upon the close of private prayer. And so Cornelius is highly commended and graciously rewarded upon the account of his private prayer. It says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, he's telling the story later now. I was fasting until this hour, that is, until three o'clock in the afternoon. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Mark, as he was praying in his house, namely by himself alone, a man in bright clothing, that was an angel in man's shape, appeared to him and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. He doth not mean only that prayer which he made when he fasted and humbled himself before the Lord, but as verses 2 to 4 show, his prayers, his prayers which he made alone. For it seems none else were with him then, for he only saw that man in bright clothing. And to him alone the angel addressed his present speech, saying, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. Here you see that Cornelius' private prayers are not only heard, but kindly remembered. And graciously accepted and gloriously rewarded. Praying Cornelius is not only remembered by God, but he is also visited sensibly and evidently by an angel. And assured that his private prayers and good deeds are an odor, a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. And so, when did Peter have his vision? But when he was praying alone on the housetop, it says, on the morrow. As they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up into the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance, and he saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth." Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And when Peter was upon the housetop at prayer alone, then he fell into a trance, and, and he saw heaven open. And then he had his spirit raised, his mind elevated, and all the faculties of his soul filled with a divine revelation." And so when Paul was at prayer alone, he saw in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Paul had not been long at private prayer before it was revealed to him that he was a chosen vessel, and before he was filled with the gifts, graces, and comforts of the Holy Ghost. And when John was alone in the isle of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Whither he was banished by Domitian, a most cruel emperor. Then he had a glorious sight of the Son of Man. And then the Lord discovered to him most deep and profound mysteries, both concerning the present and future state of the church to the end of the world. And when John was weeping in private prayer, doubtless, then the sealed book was opened to him. And so when Daniel was at private prayer, God dispatches a heavenly messenger to him. And his errand was to open more clearly and fully the blessed scripture to him. Some comfortable and encouraging knowledge this holy man of God had attained unto before by his frequent and constant study in the word. And this eggs him on to private prayer. And private prayer posts an angel from heaven to give him a clearer and fuller light. Private prayer is a golden key to unlock the mysteries of the word unto us. The knowledge of many choice and blessed truths are but the returns of private prayer. The word most dwells richly in their hearts, who are most in pouring out their hearts before God in their closets. When Bonaventure, that seraphical doctor, seraphical meaning like angelic, as some call him, when he was asked by Aquinas from what books and helps he derives such holy and divine expressions and contemplations, he pointed to a crucifix and he said, Prostrate in prayer at the feet of this image. My soul receiveth greater light from heaven than from all study and disputation. Now, though this be a monkish tradition and superstitious fiction, Yet some improvement may be made of it. Certainly that Christian or that minister that in private prayer lies most at the feet of Jesus Christ shall understand most of the mind of Christ in the gospel, and he shall have most of heaven and the things of his own peace brought down to his heart. There is no service wherein Christians have such a near, familiar, and friendly intercourse with God as in this of private prayer. Neither is there any service wherein God doth more delight to make known his truth and faithfulness, his grace and goodness, his mercy and bounty, his beauty and glory to poor souls than this of private prayer. Luther professed that he profited more in the knowledge of the scripture by private prayer in a short space than he did by study in a longer space. As John, by weeping in a corner, got the sealed book opened. Private prayer crowns God with the honor and glory that is due to his name. And God crowns private prayer with a discovery of those blessed, weighty truths to his servants that are a sealed book to others. Certainly, the soul usually enjoys most communion with God in secret. When a Christian is in a wilderness, which is a very solitary place, then God delights to speak friendly and comfortably to him. He says, Behold, I will allure her and bring her, that is Israel, into the wilderness and speak friendly or comfortably unto her. Or as the Hebrew hath it, I will speak to her heart. When I have her alone, saith God, in a solitary wilderness, I will speak such things to her heart as shall exceedingly cheer her and comfort her, and even make her heart leap and dance within her. A husband imparts his mind most freely and fully to his wife. When she is alone, and so doth Christ to the believing soul. Oh, the secret kisses, the secret embraces, the secret visits, the secret whispers, the secret cheerings, the secret sealings, the secret discoveries that God gives to his people when alone, when in a hole, when under the stairs, when behind the door, when in a dungeon. When Jeremiah was calling upon God alone in his dark dungeon, He had great and wonderful things showed him that he knew not of. Ambrose was accustomed to say, I am never less alone than when I am alone, for then I can enjoy the presence of my God most freely, fully, and sweetly, without interruption. And it was a most sweet and divine saying of Bernard, O saint, knowest thou not that thy husband Christ is bashful? And will not be familiar in company. Retire thyself, therefore, by prayer and meditation into thy closet or the fields, and there thou shalt have Christ's embraces. A gentlewoman, being at private prayer and meditation in her parlor, had such sweet choice and full enjoyments of God that she cried out, Oh, that I might ever enjoy this sweet communion with God! Christ loves to embrace his spouse, not so much in the open street as in a closet, and certainly the gracious soul hath never sweeter views of glory than what it is most out of the view of the world. Wise men give their best, their choicest, and their richest gifts in secret, and so doth Christ give his the best of the best when they are in a corner, when they are all alone. But as for such as cannot spare time to seek God in a closet to serve him in secret, they sufficiently manifest that they have little fellowship or friendship with God, whom they so seldom come to. And that's the end of that one for today, Thomas Brooks. You'll recall that we are going through a whole list, I think it was was it 20 or 40, 20 arguments for private prayer. I just gave you uh, numbers 4, 5, and 6. We'll go on with that list next time we do. Mr. Brooks, it is so good to be with you. Thank you for listening. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. I want you to remind you that we have over 3,000 audios, 35 now, 3,500, featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea in English and Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and a blog. And if you want more fellowship, consider buying one of my books at Amazon.com or contacting me at bob.j.falkner.72 at gmail.com. And I'll share details of our Saturday evening Zoom meeting, 7 o'clock Central Time, USA. That's for men only. And our Tuesday noon meeting, 12 o'clock Central. The The same situation there. I'm in the same place. For men and women, though, on Tuesday, we would love to have you. Seriously, thank you so much. Again, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 26th of January, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.